What's up, everybody? I'm Sarah. I'm Shauna. I'm Sam. And I'm Bobby. And this is Speaking of Missing Persons. back everybody and welcome to the new listeners to another episode of speaking of missing persons before we get started on today's episode a little bit of business we have another show speaking of murders if you like this you like that so go check it out if you want to see photos associated with today's case go check out our socials they are linked in the show notes we have an instagram a facebook all that good stuff uh we post our pictures there if you want bonus episodes uh, go check out our Patreon. We're posting bonus episodes every other week. Don't miss out on those. The stories are even crazier, and we're practically unfiltered on there. We let loose a little bit. Yep. Um, speaking of Patreon. Yep. And speaking of Patreon, we have a new patron, a new super fan, Andrea from the Ether. Thank you. Thank you. You're awesome. We love you. And... Today's story is actually a listener request from Taylor. Thank you for the suggestion, Taylor. We're super stoked about it. Yeah, we love you too. Thank you. So, Shauna, tell us about a missing person. You got it. Today we're going to talk about Kimberly... Raymer. Raymer. Kimberly was described as a friendly and outgoing girl she was a straight-a student she was really well liked she was a cheerleader and she also played second base on the school's softball team this brings us to august 15th 1997 where kimberly's day started pretty average for any teenage girl she had played in a softball game and then she hung out with friends and her boyfriend Okay. She left her boyfriend's house between 11 and 11.45 p.m. She's only 17, right? Yes. Okay. Her neighbors saw her car pull into her driveway around midnight, which was her curfew. That's why I asked if she was 17, because I was like, 11.45, she probably has a curfew, if that's what time she's leaving. Kim, at the time, was living with her her dad, Kenneth, because her parents were divorced. Okay. Which, it's said that she was still really happy, even though her parents were divorced. That's good. Yeah, I was going to say, that's good that it didn't affect her. When she got home that night, she was alone. Her... So she went into her room and kicked off her shoes and got ready for bed, because she was going to school the next morning... To uh, get her assigned parking spot. Okay. Where was dad? He worked nights or something? He was staying the night at his girlfriend's house. Okay. So she was going to be there all night by herself? Yes. I was 17. That's normal. What year yeah, is this? not that big 97. of a deal. Uh, okay. That makes sense. Yeah. It's not yeah. that big of a deal. That makes perfect sense. She was uh, due to start her senior year 
in four days. So she was like really excited about this because she had also had plans to go to University of Southern Alabama to major in physical therapy. So Which makes sense because she was an athlete. Ba- yeah, for a baseball player, cheerleader, that would make sense. When Kenneth got home the next morning, which he said was early in the morning, Kim wasn't there. And so he thought that she had just went shopping with her m- mother, Sue, who lived 10 miles away, just over the Florida border. Oh, okay. So they're like right by, it's like Yeah, it's Florida, like Alabama. Alabama. They live 10 miles apart, one in Alabama, one in Florida. Gotcha. Okay. Which he said that they did this often on weekends. They would just get together and go shopping. Okay. Which, again, pretty normal. Right. Right. Especially, I mean, if you, your mom, even though they're divorced, still lives that close. Yeah. It would not be, like, out of the ordinary. Kim, Kim hadn't returned home the next morning. So, we're on Sunday now. Okay. So... She did her baseball on Friday. Kenneth thinks she went shopping with her mom and was hanging out with her mom all day Saturday. Mm-hmm. We're on Sunday. Okay. Kim isn't home, and so Kenneth calls Sue to just be like, hey, when's Kim coming home? Sue's like, haven't seen her all weekend. So Kim's parents started calling all of her friends, and they quickly realized none of them had seen her since Friday night. Uh-oh. Kenneth quickly calls the op police department to report her missing. So we're in opt Alabama. Op Alabama. No T. No T. So it had been 36 hours. So they had lost a ton of that first 48 hour critical time window. Yeah. When they had made it to her house to, you know, when I will mention that when her dad got home on Saturday, her car was still there. So she thought that Kim's mom, Sue, had picked her up. Okay. Which would make sense. Right. Yeah. But did he know she was supposed to go and pick up her? It never did say. I was just wondering because, I mean, I guess even if he did, he could think, oh, her mom well, drove her there real quick. Right. And then they went shopping. Yeah. Never mind. All that stuff. Yeah, she was spending the day with her mom, going to go shopping, go get her senior parking space at school. Yeah, like all yeah. I, as a parent, I would probably have the same thoughts. Yeah, and right. this is before you know cell phones were like cell huge. phones were a huge thing. The police, when they got there, they automatically knew that she had made it in the house because her car sat in the driveway and her keys were in the room in her house. Okay. They also found that all of her shoes were still in her room. She had left her glasses, contacts, purse, and money. Okay, so mm. all of her like, like necessary belongings yeah, were still never, in the home. Never a good sign. No. It's weird to me that her dad didn't notice, at least that her purse and money and car... Like, well, if it was inside of her bedroom, he could yeah. have never walked in there. Yeah. Like, how I'm, often did our parents enter our room? Well, that depends. <laughs> our dad... No. Exactly. Our mom all the time to say, can exactly. you clean that mess up? Exactly. Yeah. So I'm um, sure he got home that morning, saw her car there. He probably she was just still like sleeping, opened the door whatever. real quickly and then shut it. 
he probably wasn't paying attention to anything that was actually true. There. I'm not trying to go open too the door to it. I'm just saying. Yeah. yeah, and just look. Oh, she's not here. Must be with her mom. Yeah. Police believe a struggle took place due to the fact that her room was in slight disarray. Like her sheets looked a little fucked up. The there was a picture that was on the wall that was off the wall. Okay. And her one of her pillows was on the floor. I mean, other than the picture being knocked off the wall, that sounds like a teenager's bedroom. Right. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. That's why I would assume he would peek in there and go, oh, she's not here, and not really notice. Yeah, that the fact that the, her, one of her pictures had fallen off the wall. Right. Otherwise, you know, an unmade bed, some, you know, a pillow on the ground, stuff like that. That's... Yeah, you're really not going to take notice, too. Yeah, no, I understand that. Yeah. And what dad sits there and counts how many pairs of shoes their daughter has. like Right. Well, I'm just going to say current day. Now Samantha will keep track of the number of shoes her kids have and if their rooms look even a little disarrayed. No, I mean, they're pretty disarrayed right now. (laughs) I was saying if they weren't home (laughs) for a significant amount of time. Okay. They think that she was abducted sometime bef- between midnight and 6 a.m. So I'm assuming that her dad walked in the door at 6 a.m. Okay. That's what that's telling me. So he was home by 6. Because this is such a small town, police knew right away that they needed the help of the FBI. Searches were done locally and had gotten them no closer to finding Kim. Police had rule, like ruled out uh, her parents, any family member, her boyfriend, in being a suspect to her disappearance. And I will say that this boyfriend apparently was a secret boyfriend. Okay. okay. And we'll we'll touch base on that a little more at the end, but I want to add it now so that we're not, like, thinking that this was, like, something that she was supposed to be doing. Gotcha. Investigators would, wouldn't release, like, a ton of information on Kim's disappearance, and the community went fucking crazy because, like, this is a small town where they literally didn't lock their doors. I'm sure they were all panicking. Yeah, they, it was crazy. Which, I mean, if they didn't lock their doors. Exactly. It could have been anybody. Yeah. yeah. But that's how small towns were still in the 90s. Yeah. I mean, where, I, where I, we grew up in Kentucky, I don't think mom started locking the door until that crazy woman knocked on our door in the middle of the night that time. Yeah. And she had a panic attack. I don't understand the people in our neighborhood because they'll leave their garage doors open all night long for days, for weeks. And I'm like, are you guys lunatics? I wouldn't want people stealing my shit. No. (laughs) We accidentally left ours open overnight like a week ago and I had a panic attack about it. She also uh, left it open for, like, a couple hours, and a raccoon tried to steal all of her cat food. Yeah. (sighs) He was cute, though. Okay. What little bit of information they did release was that there were several calls made from from Kimberly's house to a Florida number around the same time she would have been taken. Was it her mom's number? No. Do they know whose number it is or was? They, They won't release it. If they do, they won't release it. Gotcha. I'm sure they know. They and that person is not a actual suspect, but they don't want to release it because only the person who took her would know. Yeah. 
Gotcha. They don't know. They don't believe that Kim Kim was the one that called the number, though, because she would have had no reason to know that number. Okay, so they're thinking that possibly whoever took her called made several phone calls before leaving the house yeah who would do that though? whoever they called though didn't answer so Weird. they wouldn't release who the number belonged to okay i mean I, I guess that makes sense you know if there's no actual connect and call and that whoever owns that phone number isn't really i mean there's no reason for them to be involved in it or they have an alibi or something there's there's no reason to release that. Yeah. That's just really weird. Or like maybe this person broke in to try to steal something and was using the phone and then she startled them. Oh, yeah. I and didn't that, even think about that. Yeah, that never crossed my mind. Because I'm like, why the fuck would somebody, if you're abducting someone, why would you just like make a bunch of phone calls from their house? Well, no, or, you, no hey, you call home. Hey, there's all this stuff in this house. What do we need? Oh, yeah. Or, or you're calling some kind of accomplice or... Yeah, hey, I need something, a ride Something, and she walked out on it and then ran back into her room to try to hide, and that's when the very mm. small altercation took place. Or it could be a fence. Hey, man, I can sell you all kinds of stuff. What do you want? Let me list you things. But right? Up, but up, but up, but oh, up, but up. yeah. I mean, something could have only happened to her circumstantially because she just happened to wake up. Yeah, be home. At this point, they're starting to believe that she had been taken over state lines, though. Because, because the calls the, were to, to Florida. Florida. So they're thinking she might have been taken to Florida then? Yeah. So maybe they're not releasing this phone number because it's a possible suspect and they don't have enough information to tie them to it. Because, uh, like, I originally... It was an 806 number. I mean, I, I, they released the area code. No, I mean, like, yeah, who it belonged the, to. They released the county that it was to. And the area code, and which the, I, like, yeah. I think is 806, but I didn't write it down. Yeah, it was 8-something. I was just wondering if, like, it was a situation maybe where they were like, okay, this is what the girl looks like, blah, 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 blah. Do it you was, want her? It was to uh, Ponce de Leon County or something like which, that. We'll get in there. Florida. Yeah, we'll we'll get there. You know, like a trafficking situation. Right. Police searched multiple places in both Alabama and Florida, but nothing was found. They used search planes, volunteers, thousands of missing poster uh, missing posters across the county. Police talked to everyone and anyone she had a connection with, even if they said hi to her once in third grade. Like, they were talking to everyone. Truck drivers even helped join the search, and they would drive to uh, Op Florida, pick up missing persons posters, and post them all over you the mean country. Op Alabama? Yeah, that's... Yep. <laughs> They so they were truck drivers were also hanging her posters everywhere. That's pretty cool. Yeah, it brought no leads. December nineteen ninety seven, a press conference was held f so that Sue and Kenneth could remind the community that she was still missing, offer reward money. And they made it clear to the public that any call that was like, placed anonymously would stay that way 
So they just wanted information. After a few months, the case was at a standstill until they got a call that Kim's body was dumped in the Walton County Pond, which was owned by a logging company and, like, fenced in with really high fences, and it was, like, a privately owned thing in Leona, Florida. So it was, like, the Walton County Pond, but it was in Leona, Florida. Okay. The area had not been locked up around the time of the disappearance, and it looked like it had become like a local party spot for youngsters. I mean, that makes okay. sense. Youngsters. <laughs> it makes sense. Quarries, rivers, lakes, those are all places teenagers like to go. Yeah. This place was about 30 miles away from Kimberly's house in Leona, Florida. After three days... Starting, so they started searching in this pond thing on Kimberly's 18th birthday. And they searched for three days, but the water was black, so it was difficult. They did everything they could. They used dogs, metal detectors, and lights to try to like get in there and see. It didn't help. So. Nothing was ever found of Kimberly there. There was no evidence that she had ever been there. Hmm. Gotcha. Over the years, hundreds of searches were done. Sue searched different wooded areas around every single weekend. Which, I mean, I would do the same thing as mom. Yeah. Every spare moment I had yeah. would be out there, like, I'd be sleeping looking. In, I'd, I'd be, be sleeping in tents. Yeah. Knocking on everybody's fucking door. Yeah. Yeah. Let me check your basement. Yeah, except you'll go to jail for <laughs> harassment. Don't give a damn. I'll give spend my night and then start over again tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> Let me check your fucking basement. <laughs> <laughs> Can I look at the police department basement? <laughs> they were no closer to finding Kimberly. Which is so sad. It is sad. July 2006 took them to Pond de, Ponce de Leon. There you go to search a sinkhole that was over 55 feet deep and 300 feet across. Oh, shit. After How did you find somebody in that anyway? I don't, I don't know. Maybe you would use, like, mining gear? No. You use diving gear. So it has water. Yeah. It's like, it's, the sinkhole, I, I'm wondering if it's just a name because it is literally just described as water. Okay. Yeah, I'm wondering if it's more like the the thing we were talking about in the New Jersey devil case. Oh, okay. I gotcha. So, like, maybe an old quarry? Yeah. Because that's what that was. It's just basically a big hole that's filled with water at this point. Yeah, yeah and yeah. I'm sure it's called the sinkhole because... It was once a sinkhole. Well, you, could, you can have sinkholes that have water where the underneath of it's sinking... But, like, the rain clearly keeps it filled. Yeah. And so, it's possible. But the tip was that she had fallen into the water. Just fallen in? Yeah, that was the tip. Which, like we had said, they took this tip as credible because that's where the area code... That the yeah, calls that's the area that the phone calls were made to. Right. They spent 35 hours straight diving and found nothing. I think there were 10 of them. 
Yeah, and you would think if she fell, if she just fell in, she would float. Right, or somebody would have said something a lot sooner, not a year later. This was years later. But, uh, like, the biggest thing to me is... This wasn't until 2006. Oh. That they got this chip. That's, like, forever. Like, she... That was almost 10 years later. I mean, if it is a true sinkhole and it does what I said and the bottom of it... Yeah, but how would she not have floated? I don't know how she would have drowned if it was water. She seems like a very athletic, perfectly capable person of swimming. I don't know. Don't like that theory. 2015, police found themselves in Covington County, which... It didn't say where this was either. So it's either in Alabama or Florida. It brought them to this house, basically. And it was like a house sitting on an interstate or like a highway of sorts. Okay, like a a state highway? Yeah. Okay. And like Alabama. Okay, so we're in Covington County, Alabama. So this tip took them to this house that had been falling down. Like it hadn't been used in forever. Okay. And so they decided to dig up the yard, and they dug 30 feet down into this yard. Digging around creepy abandoned house. Yeah, and found nothing. What the heck? 30 feet? Yeah, they went 30 feet down. Okay. Somebody's not going to dig 30 feet. I think they dug 30 feet down just to make sure. Like, you can't dispute that it's... I was going to say, I mean, they're putting in all the efforts, though, with each tip. Like, they're really searching through these areas. They brought bulldozers and just basically wiped this yard clean just to go, no, nothing's here. Hey, you know what? If if one of my children went missing, I'd want the police department to be that thorough. Me too. That's what I'm saying. I'm just going, I, I just feel like I spend a lot of time with serial killers inside my head instead of just normal people who kill and abduct. So like, I'm just thinking of like all the serial killers who are just like, there's some dirt. See you later. Yeah. Just kick it with their shoe and like cool your body will be found in like 10 years yeah but if it was like a you know happened by circumstance like wasn't an intentional abduction you're going to want to keep that evidence yeah you're gonna dead hide it like you're going to want to keep it buried anyone accidentally abduct someone no No, i mean we're saying if if she walked out if we were talking about the situation What I'm saying is, like, you guys were explaining earlier, like, somebody was in the house for a different reason, and she happened upon them, and they took her. They weren't in the house intending to abduct her. Because, obviously, she wasn't murdered in the house unless she was strangled. No, even then, your body releases fluid. Strangulation, your body's going to shit itself. Not always. You might pee. You don't always. You probably would. <laughs> but you don't always. Anywho, I'm just saying there would have been... As somebody... There would possibly be... I mean, it's a possibility, would. but it doesn't always happen. Right. <laughs> Why is he laughing over there? Because it sounded so much like a, yeah, huh, no, uh, <laughs> yeah, huh, no, uh. <laughs> As somebody who works in a field where you put things to sleep they don't always release their bowels Same. 
I'm just saying. (laughs) (laughs) We're all just saying. Just happy to be here. By 2019, investigators put an updated flyer out for Kim. And the investigation is still very active as of 2022. Grand jury had basically put Alabama police into looking closer at her case again um, due to the fact that they found new evidence or brought new evidence to the grand jury. Oh, so they might have new information. Right. Okay. As of now, Alabama, Florida, and the FBI are working together to get through whatever it is that they have to try to convict somebody. Okay. But no one's been named yet? We're going to talk suspects and theories. Can we actually call them suspects, or do we have to just say it's a theory? Theory, person of interest, possibly? I think it's just theories, because no person of interest has been named by the actual police departments or FBI. Okay, so let's talk theories. They are keeping that information, like, sealed tight. Ah, yeah. So this is just, like theories i think amongst the people that's been following her case in the community and stuff like that people that have gotten extra information right we're gonna start with someone named jeremy garth anderson he was kimberly's sister's boyfriend he had been out on bond that night he's the son of a walton county sheriff's department deputy Mm. has a criminal record, borrowed or and or stole a truck that night, had no alibi, refuses a polygraph, and is from the area where the calls were placed. Oh. Hmm. That's yeah, very interesting. That makes him pretty suspicious. But also, don't really blame him for not taking a polygraph. No, but... uh Where's your alibi? And I'm sure that if his father's a deputy, he's also telling him not to take a polygraph. Which probably it's fine. Where's your fucking alibi? Right. Like if he had nothing to say about where his like where he I was. I mean, that he didn't night? even try to be like I was asleep in my bed. All I could find was that there was no alibi placing him anywhere. Well, that could just mean nobody can verify his story, which gives you no alibi. Well, well, correct, but that doesn't mean is, he didn't try to tell a story. The thing is, though, with that and the snippet of information that I read on the case said that um, the next morning, so that she like so that Sunday, right. he was frantically at a friend's home asking for help on how to dispose of the truck that he had stolen or however he acquired it. Yeah, wasn't it abandoned And he ended up dumping it in a church parking lot. Yeah. And that's, like, all the information they give on it. They don't say there was nothing else about that truck, like, if it was searched, what he had it for, why he was trying to get rid of it. Yeah, like, why he borrowed or stole or whatever the fuck he did with it. I mean... If his dad is a police officer, then that could be, like, a big reason they're keeping everything super quiet. I mean, maybe. Yeah. Definitely. My whole thing is, with that, it's like, why why would he? 
you know like what would if he, have he was had against doing her? what i said and i mean he, he had a criminal record he could have been trying to he could have he could have been like oh her dad I, her dad's car is not here let me go in. let me go in and take something yeah to get to where i need to go if he was from this certain spot in florida that he was calling and he would have been calling to be like hey, hey. i stole this truck i'm s- gonna steal some money and i'll be there at this time yeah come pick me up and then she walked in the room and was like what the hell are you doing and he's like oh shit you saw my face did i miss it was there anything missing from the house it never said no it doesn't say your sources ever said none of them it doesn't say one fucking source which could be another thing that police are keeping quiet because like only the person wouldn't know yeah that's the thing like because i also read like a shit ton of these articles about it and it seems as though like the they are the police are like keeping all information on lock like they are not releasing any info and neither have her parents right they've been well which her father is passed also i read that he passed like several years after her abduction um that's sad yeah let's move on to secret boyfriend he was in his 20s. He was divorced with small children. Uh, last person to see her. But he had an alibi. Again, I don't know what that alibi was, but that's why well, he I was mean, cleared. They were hanging out with friends. He could have still been hanging out with friends when she had to go home because of her curfew. Right. I'm just saying. Or he could have had his kids. He, or I included him because he, her parents didn't know that they were together. Well, I'm sure they didn't if he was older and already yeah, she had was been 17 divorced. and he was in his 20s. He's already been divorced and has children. Seems like something a 17 year old would keep from their parents. Yeah, probably. That's why nowadays <laughs> they have trackers on their cars and their phones. I'm just saying. <laughs> We're going to talk about, I guess, a friend named Deidre. Supposedly had been with her on Saturday. And had talked her into going to a party on Friday night. Like, after she had left her boyfriend's house. But that doesn't make any sense because her car and her keys and all of her shoes are at her house. Right. So she's claiming... That, that she, she was with, with her, her on Saturday. Like, that like, she saw... Like, pretty much she's saying, oh yeah, she went home, blah blah blah, but I met up with her in the middle of the night after she went home and we went to a party. Yeah, but who leaves without their shoes? Or their keys, or their money, or their contacts, or their glasses. Yeah, who leaves blind? <laughs> no shoes. Like, it's... Yeah, that one doesn't make any sense at all. I'm sticking with my my theory. I'm going with it. I'm just going to ride that till the end. They think this is what happened. Kim got home, settled in, around 11.30 p.m. So she got in bed... Before being taken from her home by someone that she had known personally. They think that whoever it was, because there was no sign of forced entry, had a key or knew her personally. So she let them in. She fought back just a little bit. You know, I'm sure she fought back harder than just a little bit, but you understand what I'm saying. She was overpowered pretty quickly, taken, and possibly killed. And they believe that her body is somewhere in Alabama or Florida. Kimberly is listed as endangered missing. She was born May 18th, 1980. She is 5'4", 
and 130 pounds at time of missing. Has brown hair, brown eyes, her ears are pierced. She wears a size six and a half shoe. She was last seen seen wearing a white shirt with New Orleans on it in bright colors. Gray cutoff sweats, rope necklace, gold rope necklace, gold ankle bracelet, and maybe a gold bracelet. If you have any information, please call Op Police Department at 334-493-4511 or just call the FBI at 202-324-3000. If you call, you can remain completely anonymous. All right. Man. That's an interesting one. It is. And it's a shame there isn't more information released by the police. Yeah, they are keeping it locked up tight yeah it's they i mean got, i don't blame them well i mean it also though that makes me a little bit more suspicious of it like being somebody within the where was police he a police at in florida community. uh in one of the places that they had actually searched that's what i'm saying um, was he a police officer in florida walton mm. county so walton county that's in florida yeah so i would say the op Alabama police give no shit that he's oh, the probably son of a, fucking not. of a cop. Right. Because they're the ones handling the case, which is a good thing that it's, this dude wasn't a cop where she went missing. Well, he wasn't a cop. His father was That's a what cop. I'm saying. Oh. Like, I will say, I, gotcha. I, I will that. say that the, one of the main Florida uh, police officers working on this case is retired and retired with like great honors in f- solving missing persons cases. Yeah, but he's retired. Yeah, but th- they basically hired him as a PI. Uh, Consultant. Oh, okay. They hired him as like a private investigator. Even though he's retired, that's kind of. He's still he's looking doing. into her yeah, case? Specifically. Okay. Well, hopefully he finds something, some new information. Yeah. Fingers crossed. All right. Well, if you enjoyed today's episode, let us know. Leave us five stars. Leave a review. Share it with your friend, your family. Friend? Your one friend. (laughs) Share it with your only friend. Yep. And uh, all of the other friends. Uh, Your family, coworkers, whoever. And uh, don't forget to go check out the Patreon. Get those bonus episodes. Get your shout out on the show. And, uh... Yeah, any final thoughts? Uh, Thank you, Taylor, for the uh, case suggestion. Yep. And thank you again, Andrea, for subscribing to the Patreon. You're awesome. You're the bee's knees. Do bees have knees? Yes. Yeah. Yep. Sweet. I learned that flamingos do not what they're like, like the part where it looks like they're bending their knee backwards. That's actually their ankle. Which is <laughs> okay. Now you just fucked me up. Let's say goodbye. <laughs> okay. All right. See y'all next week. Bye. 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 bye, bye. bye.